Welcome to Servants of the Secret Fire, Episode 7, At First Sight. Guest voice acted by Jesse Sanford and Alyssa Sanford. Written and produced by Daniel C. Sanford. For more information on Servants of the Secret Fire, you can look us up on Facebook at Servants of the Secret Fire Podcast. Twitter at The Secret Fire Audio, and Instagram hashtag Servants of the Secret Fire. Chapter 7, Harvest Season, 2732 BC, Mid-Morning Mesopotamia. He had never learned her name. She was beautiful, but forbidden. Japheth had seen her on several occasions, but in spite of his yearning, his life's calling didn't allow him the luxury of idle time for chasing beauties. Even if it had, casual conversation with one of the seers was strictly forbidden. Seemingly oblivious to his musings and secret, sheepish glances, the young woman busied herself about Healing House. Japheth was half asleep during her last visit, vaguely remembering her lithe form approaching to tend his wounds and wipe his brow with a damp cloth. At the time, he had been unable to respond coherently, overcome with fatigue, loss of blood, and fright. This time, however, the young apprentice of the Hakanah wasn't about to miss the girl on her next round. He watched her graceful form as she performed her tasks, slight of build and possessing a simple yet elegant beauty, her long chestnut hair trailed down her back in a single shimmering braid. It was her eyes, however, that had most captivated Japheth those few times he had observed her from afar, and even more so today. Beautiful seemed too shallow an adjective for them. They made him nervous when they weren't trained on him. He couldn't imagine how he would feel if they actually held his gaze. For protocol's sake, he had never met the girl nor knew anything of consequence about her. He penetrating, knowing eyes certainly did. Stealing another glance when her head was turned, Japheth focused on the three identical rings of gold hanging from the girl's right ear. One ring pierced the ear while the other two intersected the first and then each other, forming a triangle of circles. They were the oracles of the ancient, listening for his words, watching for his signs and speaking to the people on his behalf. The prophetic gift could be imparted to either male or female. They were set apart as their gifting materialized, usually at a young age, and required to live as virgins all the while they served. Deep in reflection, Japheth didn't realize that he had been staring and caught his breath when he saw that two calm yet piercing eyes were returning his glaze. Embarrassed, he looked away and pretended to struggle into a sitting position. He desperately thought of something intelligent to say as she moved across the room to attend to him. To Japheth's disappointment, she said nothing, silently removing the old bandages from the shoulder and washing the wound. Desperate to begin some sort of conversation, lest the moment pass him by, he started, So, you're a virgin, aren't you? Japheth caught the slip immediately and raced to recover. I mean, a seer. Just as he was wishing that the Ben Kana had killed him outright, the girl finished applying the bandages and quietly replied, I someday hope to be. Another awkward period of silence ensued until Japheth worked up the courage to try again. I'm in training also, he said. I know, came back the soft and clipped short reply. But your training almost came to an end this afternoon, didn't it? Japheth smiled, a measure of confidence returning to him. I suppose so, but it seems I'll live to fight another day. 
I'm confident that you will be just fine. My prayers tonight will be for those who will risk their lives turning away the retaliatory attacks that are sure to come. She seemed to catch herself and blush suddenly, seemingly as surprised of her words as Japheth had earlier been of his. Looking away, she went about her work all the more hurriedly. Stung by the unexpected remarks, Japheth allowed the silence to return, which now didn't seem so awkward. Moments later, as if feeling a degree of remorse, the girl said softly, How are you feeling? Are you talking about my shoulder or my conscience? Both, I guess. Assuming the appropriate pout, Japheth answered, They both ache at the moment. Her tasks finished. She paused, drew in her breath, and looked directly into Japheth's eyes. He stopped breathing. Whatever the girl was about to say, be it apology or rebuke, he found himself wishing the moment would never end. Please, forgive my harshness. It was not my place, but it pains me to bandage needless wounds, even yours. With that, she turned and was off. Japheth wasn't sure if he should be feeling reprimanded or flattered by this parting remark. She was almost out of the room when it hit him. Her name, he'd forgotten to ask. He called out after her, loud enough for everyone to hear. I'll accept it. The young woman slowed her gait and turned her head slightly. Accept what? Your apology, replied Japheth. On one account. And what would that be, she asked, turning away to conceal a faint smile crossing her lips. Tell me your name. The girl turned again to face Japheth, looked at him for a moment, and said softly, Niyama. Niyama, repeated Japheth. Thank you. For everything, even the rebuke. And for what it's worth, I am sorry. I pray also that no blood will be shed because of my foolishness, save my own. When she didn't reply, he continued, My name is Japheth, she finished, turning to face him once more. I know your name and many other things about you. Those eyes held him for a moment longer, and Japheth almost thought that a coy smile had crossed her face before she turned and was gone. He spent the remainder of that afternoon pondering what she could have possibly meant. Hail the conquering warrior, Japheth, the scourge of Ben-Kana and Nephilim devil alike. Japheth grinned and received the good-natured ribbing of his brothers as they strode into Healing House. He noticed the reddish glow of the setting sun as it painted the room crimson through the west window, and reasoned that he must have dozed off briefly. Shem, the eldest, loudly swaggered through the common room, completely unconcerned about the hushed atmosphere he disturbed. Tom, the middle of the three brothers, appeared just as untroubled as he haughtily ignored the hushes and reprimands from the healers on duty. To Sheol with the trials, he blustered. The Hakanah need this giant killer on the front lines immediately. Japheth smiled all the more as he returned his Hakanah brother's banter. You're both drunkards and rogues. How could you possibly know what I've done? I haven't even been dressed down by the elders yet. Your nursemaids hear you talking in your sleep, replied Shem with a smile as he raised the booted foot to Japheth's bed. And, he continued with a twinkle in his eye, your nursemaids, in turn, look for every opportunity to confide in you. Now I know that you're drunk, replied Japheth as he stole a glance over his brother's shoulder. The surreptitious gesture didn't go unnoticed. Looking for father, are we? asked Tom with a mock sincerity 
as he lifted a dramatic hand to his chest. Fear not, young Japheth. Our father knows of your plight and is greatly concerned for your welfare. The manner in which the words were delivered cast a shadow of doubt over the issue as far as Japheth was concerned. It's just the need for haste and all that, continued Ham, theoretically. So much work left to do in so little time, he knew you to understand. Japheth didn't. He had never understood their father's obsession and grew even more weary of bearing the stigma of his name. He saw Shem's countenance sober suddenly. It was a foolish thing that you did, brother. He paused a moment before continuing, and I'm not referring to the goat. Japheth stiffened, but answered in a measured tone. What would you have had me do? Lay down and die? Shem stroked his beard in a thought before answering. A just question for another time, he said thoughtfully. A more troubling one occupies my mind at present. Silence returned to the room briefly, before Ham filled in the blank for his bewildered brother. The real question is why the devil was that close to the village in the first place. Thank you for listening to this edition of Servants of the Secret Fire, Episode 7, At First Sight. Guest narrated by voice actor Jesse Sanford and Alyssa Sanford. Written and produced by Daniel C. Sanford. For more information about Servants of the Secret Fire, you can find us on Facebook at Servants of the Secret Fire Podcast. Twitter at The Secret Fire Audio, and Instagram hashtag Servants of the Secret Fire. This podcast is available for download on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Satchel. Music for this episode was provided by purple-planet.com.